I still think I'm quite awkward and for me like this whole idea of being vulnerable or sharing emotions and or even like having feelings is like very ooh like that's so weird and like uncool Hi you're listening to Design This Way and I'm Kaval Obroy On today's episode I have with me Krutika Susarla. Krutika is an illustrator, a graphic designer and she also makes zines and comics. She's based out of New Delhi. Her work explores the themes of gender, sexuality and intersection of visual design with social impact. And on today's episode Krutika talks about her professional experiences, her experience of interning at Brainwave magazine, her experience of working with Dev Kabir Malik. and her experience as a full-time freelancer she also talks about the representation of human body in art gender and sex education and about creating design for social impact on this episode we also discuss about the problems and opportunities in putting your work online and about self promotion and she tells us about sharing emotions and personal experiences through art today's episode has been designed this way now i present krutika Kritika, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So, in one of your personal stories, you mentioned that you remember your childhood summer afternoons spent listening to stories from your grandmother and her active involvement in Indian freedom movement with her father. What kind of stories would she tell? Wow, where did you find that? But uh, uh, so she would talk about um, her father was. Um, like very actively a part of the freedom movement she grew up as a i mean she grew up with a single father actually and she was the oldest out of three siblings so she would be quite involved in like everything that her father was doing so she i, I remember this one incident she very she would often describe to me as a child uh basically gandhi was visiting the village that they were living in and back then he was obviously like a celebrity uh in india like in in a pre internet pre tv india and so like somehow the news had spread that he's coming and this was all like pre independence everybody was at the railway station to like welcome him and to see the celebrity so and she was maybe 11 or 12 so she was like a tiny girl right so yeah she was just talking about how she managed to sneak in through the crowd to like just catch a glimpse of this celebrity and uh, because her father was pro gandhi like i think she grew up believing in what you would call the gandhian principles i guess so like for her it was like this moment of being able to see her idol and yeah like uh, she recently passed away but like for the longest time like I always remember like her talking fondly of Gandhi and till her last moment like she would always wear handspun khadi sarees and you know like she and she was very proud of the fact that she would do that. So was she a big influence on you while you were growing up? In some ways, yeah, like uh I think she was this extremely uh patient woman. She was very knowledgeable. I like all of us know that like during our grandparents time like 
women studying was not such a common thing but she studied till like her 12th whatever matriculation i think it was called matriculation at the time so and she was really interested in geography and history so again like during childhood uh, whenever she would visit us she would spend like 2 hours reading the newspaper from front to end and then she would find some article about some country and then she would try and talk to me and my brother about it so yeah i mean like she definitely is an influence i think i look up to her like as a woman like just as a personality like i feel like i'm very impatient and so like i hope to develop the kind of patience she had and as a child you also loved reading a lot of story books and comics right yeah so what kind of books were you interested in um as a child i don't really remember choosing the kind of books i read but because my father and in fact my uncle also like they really like they loved gifting books to me and my brother so i would read a lot of amar chatrakatha a lot of uh, chacha chaudhary a lot of this um i don't know if you got it in delhi but like down south we had this children's magazine called chandamama chandamama okay. basically means the moon yeah i have heard about that uh, comics but i have never gotten one but yeah. we had tin i mean we had tinkle tinkle and champak i think champak, we had champak yeah, champak right? we had it that was a i think north indian publication yeah yeah yes. so we used to get champak also but chandamama was like more popular yeah. down south so it was like a children's magazine so it had stories and puzzles and things like that yeah in fact i remember like when i used to read tinkle and uh, champak i also wanted to make something like that was yeah. that the case with you as well yeah definitely and so like did you draw i did so as as a child i think i would just try and read these books and imitate the characters in them like try and draw supandi or try and draw a uh, beauty and the beast and i don't know like basically anything visual that i was consuming like i would try to reproduce it like so was your family supportive of your creative habit yeah i think uh, i got quite lucky that way from an early age onwards like uh, both my parents were quite supportive my mom like she stored all my crappy drawings <laughs> right from childhood uh and i was never like there was never this atmosphere at home where uh we were expected to do engineering or medicine or science or math i think it was also because in my family like a lot of people have done things outside of engineering and medicine oh so like what kind of things uh, i mean did did you have artist in your family as well uh no so my uh, dad's a journalist but my uh, one of my uncles uh is a designer actually like he did product design at nid and then like now he's doing ui ux mm-hmm. uh so yeah i mean he definitely was i think an influence like or at least like i was able to understand that okay this is a choice like you know i could do art and design like i'm not yeah. restricted to science and math yeah 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 that's i mean this could be a career choice yeah, yeah because that's that's not that obvious growing up in india yeah. <laughs> so after your high school you decided to join dj academy in coimbatore to learn graphic design right? yeah so how did you make that decision so did you have particular career goals in mind or you know were there other choices you were looking at i think like for me it was always like 
in your 10th standard is when you start thinking about like what do i want to do in life and things like that right so and that also informs what what you take up for your 11th and 12th like whether you're going to take science or economics or like a lot of people who study uh, who want to become cas end up taking economics or things like that right. so i always like i remember i don't know if cbse still has it but like they also have arts as a discipline in 11th and 12th and i yeah. really wanted to take that but it was obviously not there down south so i think i it was always clear that i would either do fine arts or something like that but and then like because i was also meeting and talking to my uncle regularly i was like okay design is also an option and his wife is an architect oh. so like i was informed about all of these things and so right after my 10th i was uh, studying in this college which would prepare you for iit and i i felt so out of place and i was like if i'm here i'm definitely not going to do arts so i spoke with my parents and i decided to live with my aunt and uncle actually after 10 oh. to figure out uh if i want to do arts or design oh um and yeah like i think i eventually figured out that i want to do designs so then i gave all my entrance exams and and in fact my uncle was the one who uh helped me decide that djd would be a good uh place to go to because my dean balram like he had taught my uncle at nid and so like my uncle had huge respect for him and he was like you know it'll be great if you get to study with him and if he teaches you and yeah like it was definitely great so what kind of career were you envisioning for yourself back then like you thought you would be illustrator you would be a graphic designer advertisement person <laughs> oh, did you have like i mean like for me it was like i wanted to be an animator it's really funny if i think about it now because i think i wanted to be a filmmaker <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I uh yeah, for some reason I always uh it could also be because I was in Pune and like there are lots of Pune Bombay has this whole like documentary filmmaking right. filmmaking kind of culture. Right. Like I had even done like a workshop where I shot a random film about cruelty against animals on my phone which mm-hmm. had a Nickelback soundtrack to it. <laughs> That really embarrassing. <laughs> uh but <laughs> this was uh, when was this like in my 11th and 12th standard oh, okay. i think that time i mean so i i i did one like that and i did one where i uh, emotionally blackmailed my friends and my brother to act in this like i i made a spoof of hindi serials you know with the oh. three takes yeah, that they yeah. do and the shock and those kind of things as like oh this is definitely my scene and i I'm, <laughs> i'm going to become a filmmaker and you know th- that's what i thought entering design school but uh, but yeah like the foundation year really changed my perspective of what design is and what all you can do within design that's right right and what kind of skills were you learning at dj academy so we didn't really have too many courses that were skill based uh which i think is common for like most design schools mm-hmm. in india like we, we never had a okay this is going to be a painting class or this is going to be a photoshop class right, or right. things like that so foundation was so we had a very rigorous and strict foundation and it was mostly about design principles about harmony about composition about design thinking history of design and things like that but the course that i really i think that uh influenced me was like our uh, 
foundation in drawing like basic drawing it was called basic drawing so uh, so i was very scared of drawing actually and then mm-hmm. during that course basically uh, my faculty this woman called radha gomati she's she's from kerala she's like a fine arts um, teacher there so she really changed my perspective on drawing she try she was very gentle with us and she tried to tell us that you know there's not there's no right or wrong there's no right way of drawing a person like it what you draw is what you're seeing literally or how you perceive the world uh, yeah i think that really helped me understand that okay like maybe drawing is not so scary and i yeah and then eventually like in my second and third year i would go out and sketch at the bus stand the railway station i really enjoyed doing that and yeah at some point that became like a obsession and coimbatore is a very beautiful place to yeah. draw right like yeah. there's a lot of cultural elements you can find you can find interesting people that might be great right yeah so you are among the few people i know of who started doing freelance client work since the college days yeah right and uh, i also did freelance work and i personally feel that it really helps you develop the skills that you will never get in a college hmm right so do you feel the same i mean are there skills that you really got through uh, doing freelance work for sure so so one thing about uh, design school is which i'm sure you also faced is they never teach you how to <laughs> write an email or how mm-hmm. to talk to a client right. what kind of questions to ask mm-hmm. when you're doing a project like because you know we're always told in design school that oh like design is not like art and design is for somebody and there's a brief but but how do you approach it like you you never taught these things right like soft skills basically right. so i think uh, starting to do freelance work like since college like definitely helped me with these things uh, initially like after my second year i think there was some amount of like overconfidence that oh i know what i'm doing and like these guys deserve to whatever like these guys don't know what good design is and i know what it is and like i would try to write emails from that point of view but then right. you understand that that's really not how it works like right. somebody who's running a business they know what they're doing and if you ask the right questions like there is more scope of being able to add value through design thinking yeah and you can actually actualize the project uh, easier i mean yeah that's true i think like what you're trying to say also is that uh, there are better chances of whatever you give them actually working for them right? or even like, get in, uh, get to see the uh, light of the day yeah exactly instead of being shelved which is very disappointing yeah and that happens a lot because most of the times we are not able to convince the client we don't know how to you know get them on the same page and freelancing teaches you that by making mistakes yeah right. definitely and and i think like the good thing is that if you're if you're making these mistakes from like a very young age or like from a early on stage like then it's easier to avoid these mistakes when you're like slightly older which is when people expect you to not make very basic mistakes so true 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 so uh, how did your freelance practice look like back then did you have a contract invoice format terms and conditions <laughs> or any of those things not at all <laughs> not at all yeah i think i was also like quite foolish that way i was just i was just really excited about like 
getting paid for uh, being able to do what I could do. And it was mostly, and I, it was not even like, I didn't even think about pay standards and things like that. Right. Even if somebody would pay me like thousand bucks to do something, right. it was exploitation, but like I never realized it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I never thought about these things. And then you have a series of bad clients and at some point you're also tired of people exploiting you. Mm-hmm. So... So when I went for my internship is when I realized that, um, okay. Yeah, you interned at Brainwave magazine, right? Yes, in so, Bangalore. Yeah. So how was the experience out there and what kind of uh, role you had in the organization? So my internship is is interesting because I think it was like one of my best professional experiences. Like I, I till date, like I look back at it very fondly. I got mm-hmm. super lucky in the kind of work I got to do, the, the people that I got to work with. So, uh, Brainwave is a part of Amar Chhatrakatha. It's like the children's science magazine part of Amar oh, okay. So, I, I, I was applying to a lot of design studios and like I, I hadn't gotten a reply from anyone, mostly because at that point I had a lot of illustration work right. and Brainwave uh, uses a lot of illustration in their magazine. It's a illustration heavy magazine so they replied to me in like two hours and I was like wow this is great and um, I I feel like I got to learn a lot in terms of digital illustration how to work with a brief like if you're if you're illustrating for the cover of a magazine how do you approach it versus if it's for a article if it's a spot illustration how do you do it like what are the things that you keep in mind how to work within a deadline right 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 Uh, like the discipline yeah because in in college you you can always convince your faculty to give you one more week few more days for extension but you can't do that in a professional world if the magazine has to be on stands on the first of every month it has to be right right right. so these are the things that i learned and uh, so i i was working with uh somesh kumar who's a brilliant illustrator who also runs his own design studio now and he's extremely skilled so he taught me how to use Photoshop, which is when I think like right after my internship, I was doing a lot of digital illustration and I also got really comfortable using the tablet like in college. So during your last month of college, you did a degree project at Kopika Chopla Design and subsequently you worked with Neha Tulsian from NH1 Design and Studio Exath. But you spent your major chunk of professional life at Dev Kabir Malik Design, right? So from what I've heard, Dave is one of the most supportive designer and mentor. So what was yeah. it like working with him? Uh, it was great. I think, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it is also like the longest I've worked anywhere, which is two years. <laughs> but <laughs> considering I've only worked for five years now, I um, know Dave is like this super supportive person. Like he's also, I think he also has this, vision for um, creating a design studio environment where you're you're able to have your own individual expression which i find is often the problem with design studios especially as an illustrator 
like right. uh, i've always felt like in design studios you're expected to draw like someone or mm. like somebody else uh, which was not the case with dev like in fact we had a lot of client work but he would also actively encourage me to pursue my own personal work he would guide me with freelance work he would talk to me about pricing about terms and conditions about doing proper contracts wow. uh, about asking the right questions uh to clients and like which was which is super generous of him right like he yeah this is pretty much like uh, helping you yeah. be on your own yeah after a while yeah and in a sense it was like doing a post graduation for me like it was <laughs> <laughs> what kind of projects were you looped in at dev kabir malik so uh we had a we had a variety of projects in the studio uh, mostly uh, we did very little print work at the studio a lot of our uh, stuff was digital we were working on websites we were working on a lot of apps um again this is not the kind of work that you would probably find on my website right but it's very like for the lack of a better word purely graphic design <laughs> <laughs> right 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 uh but again like I did a lot of illustration work also but it was always within a context it was for like the opening screen of an app or it was for uh, a promotion campaign for a consumer brand and uh, and then like also because we were we were working with different kinds of brands like how do you maintain the brand's visual language while drawing like you do like this mm-hmm. was also mm-hmm. like a good learning for me uh, as an illustrator because I think like that's what differentiates you from like an artist right like if you're an illustrator I feel like you should also be versatile enough to draw for like a variety of people right, understand right, the right. context and right or even adapt to the new style yeah absolutely and last year you uh, last year or this year I'm not sure you quit your job and you decided to go freelance this freelance. year yeah actually 2 months back when you took that decision was it scary Yeah I mean it still is really scary um mostly because I worry if I'll be able to sustain myself if the work I do will be relevant uh these are definitely questions that come to my mind quite often and also like running a business takes a lot of I know different kinds of skills like that's again like I keep going back to Dave like that's also something that I really admire in him he's like he's been running his studio for what almost 12 years now and he oh. apart from like talking to clients and like getting new projects he also does work like he's actively doing design it's work hands on yeah and so like right now I'm finding that really difficult like getting new work which means you have to there's a certain performance around it right like you go to meetings and yeah. you there are two three meetings that you do for the client to trust you that you can do this work and then and then you have to come back and do the actual work then invoicing then figuring out a budget for the year how many projects do you need to take on to sustain yourself uh, yeah so these are things that i'm just like trying to get into at the moment so what was your motivation be- uh, behind this decision I think a bunch of things uh like at some point I was feeling like I mean I've like I said I've been freelancing since college so like over the last 2 to 2 and a half years I've been having uh thankfully consistent work every month 
and so at some point it was becoming a practical issue like you're at the studio throughout the day and then like I'm working throughout the night at home barely any sleep and sometimes like of course every client wants everything yesterday so then there are clients calling you at work like I'm at the studio and and then they need things urgently so it was becoming slightly impractical and i think uh, i also felt like i was ready to go fully independent with the kind of work that i was doing uh, the other reason was that the kind of work i do for my freelance is very different from like the work that i was doing at the studio and i felt like i was enjoying the work that i was doing on my own more and i wanted to take out time to do that full time and I also wanted to have enough time to do some personal work to do some comics which I still haven't gotten around to but yeah hopefully hopefully I will this year So last time we met you described that you did some work with YP Foundation that was very fulfilling for you Yeah so again like when when you asked me why I decided to go fully freelance like I feel like I I've been working with the YP Foundation for almost a year now like on different projects. There uh there this um, NGO that does a lot of work with urban rural and semi urban youth in the reproductive health and sexual rights area like w- within the gender space. Uh so I've I've been working with them on a few projects like over the past year and it's been really great because I I've been doing a lot of work in the gender and sexuality space but like with the work that I've been doing with them I feel like I've learned a lot about the sector in general and and I feel like that's really important to do meaningful work because there's only so much you can add like from a superficial value like you can't just keep making pretty looking things especially if we're talking about social impact right like right uh you have to know the context if it has to make impact and a lot of times that does not mean making pretty work it might not look aesthetically good but if it does the job then it's great and like these kind of decisions i've i've only learned to make them through the work that i've been doing with them like they do a lot of work in bihar as well and like you can't always write stuff in english and you can't pick beautiful typefaces like adobe now gives you type kit subscription and they have amazing typefaces but like you can't always use them if you're writing stuff in hindi and then then what do you do like you work with those constraints and you still try and do a good job right uh and there are also like a lot of constraints right like they don't always print on like great quality paper like sometimes it goes on to cloth and then how do you like how do you figure out your illustration in a way that it retains its essence on paper digitally and on cloth like you can't make super detailed illustrations even though they might look great uh Yeah and like just being mindful about things like like I I'll, I'll talk about this one example that that's coming to my mind right now basically I I did this project with them that advocates for uh, sex ed in India like it's as you know it's illegal it's banned really <laughs> yeah because parents and like governments think it's vulgar actually one of the one of the bigger campaigns that they do is advocating for uh sexual education as a part of curriculum for schools and things like that and uh, i 
made a few illustrations for like one of their campaigns and i ended up drawing these girls and boys in t-shirts and pants and like i didn't think about it twice but then in they worked for delhi and then they had to go to bihar and then the principals in the schools there were like but this is not how our kids look like like how will they right. relate to it like you're talking about sexuality but like th- this is not them so then then i had to rework the illustrations to make them more relatable make them look like the children there so just like things like these i feel like it's been very valuable for me like yeah, even as a graphic designer these are the kind of things that you know you work on when you work on projects in college you see these constraints and you work around it and when you are able to apply that in real life yeah. it is very fulfilling yeah absolutely so apart from your storytelling and craft the most noteworthy thing about your work is the representation of different body types skin colors external features you depict in your work So typically artists depict what we call a perfect body. Hmm. So did you take a conscious decision to depict diversity in your work? Um in some ways yes in some ways no like like I uh, so I often get asked this question actually and like I say to all, almost everyone who asks me this question I think my my secret uh <laughs> my self interest in doing this kind of work is uh just to do this enough so i don't get asked this question like mm-hmm. to make it normal enough right mm-hmm. uh i think at some level i felt like when i was looking at these illustrations or like visual representations of indian people i'm like why do none of these people look like my uncle or my aunt or my grandmother like right, right? like right. I-, i think there are enough people drawing uh, dark skin people now but even within that like i i like to think of the nuances like our mothers and our aunts have sagging skin they have stretch marks they have acne they have hair that's falling and yeah like things that normal human beings have yeah <laughs> and none of this was being depicted in um, in in art or illustration like in general in yeah I, i and i think that over the past few years because feminism has become a mainstream topic like now people are talking about it and that's great that everyone's thinking about this consciously and trying to do it but uh, but yeah like for me this whole representation thing kind of started from there like i for me like body weight has never been an issue but i've always been one of those kids even in school who got who is probably like the first in the class to get pimples and like everybody made fun of me but what if like there was enough material out there even in our textbooks like there were people there were children and teenagers shown with like acne on their skin it's a normal thing right like everybody yeah, goes I mean, through it i mean we don't choose to have acne right yeah. one more thing i mean there are nuances about every human body that like is different from what we consider normal exactly and like i feel like in the media like it's again like maybe reducing now but still like our standards of beauty are european like very western right even when we learned human anatomy in uh, in our college times yeah they would exactly use that typical european body structure yeah. and we don't see any of those people even in the world i guess Yeah, exactly. So like nobody is chiseled and muscular like the one the torso is two heads and like the waist is one head. That's yeah. It's really not like that. So and who decides what's perfect or regular? Yeah. <laughs> That's also a question. You know like 
<laughs> I really want to know who just decided this is going to be the perfect human body. Yeah. Did they average it out? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, even when we, I mean, I don't know if you had the same experience when we got the art supply. So we would see the crayons, and they will label something as skin color, or they will label it as nude. And that's that's the kind of skin tone that you find in Europe or something. It's always pinkish. It's always pinkish, some, yeah. somewhere around that. And you know, take thousand people, just match it with their skin tone. You won't find it anywhere <laughs> in the body. What's yeah, it, in my crayon set, the brown is like the most used, the mud brown. <laughs> mud brown, yeah, and that that's uh, <laughs> that's what we should call skin tone, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting point. That's a good point. So, and uh, among all the work you have created so far, my personal favorite are the ones in which you share your feelings and personal experience. You know, they are always so much relatable, and I really look forward to your comics and visual stories when you put it on Instagram. Thanks. Thanks for saying and, that. And uh, so, when did you start sharing your feelings through your art? Uh, <laughs> that's again a really interesting question because I think um, this. started somewhere last year after like a few personal experiences and then like i've always been this slightly introverted awkward person like i think i still think i'm quite awkward and for me like this whole idea of being vulnerable or sharing emotions and or even like having feelings is like very ooh like that's so <laughs> weird and like uncool uh <laughs> but Yeah so like I I think I've just been that kind of a person um just hating on couples publicly displaying their affection on Facebook I guess uh yeah. I've I've just been that kind of person but uh but also like I'm I'm a hypocrite because I feel like with a lot of my close friends I I am able to create a space where they're openly able to talk to me about whatever it is mm -hmm. and if i can do that like why can't i openly talk about my feelings right like i think mm -hmm. so that's where these comics kind of started from so i was like okay just talking about my emotions is lame maybe if i put a drawing with it it's slightly <laughs> less lame and it seems to work <laughs> they are actually quite relatable that's the interesting thing and um... the kind of emotions you depict and i wish i could depict those in that way but yeah definitely uh, i mean if you start cards <laughs> i would definitely buy one of those and you know give it to somebody yeah and i think that that's the thing with uh, these comics or like even like content that you see as comics on the internet right now like the more specific you are the more niche you get like it actually becomes more relatable with people Yeah. is what i've seen right 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 and especially you have been very active on internet since your college days you've been putting your work out there for people to see right and yeah and uh, is, is it did it really help you in uh, professionally yeah for sure i think um so like when i was in college i was one of the few people who had a blog Uh, I I had a blog on Blogspot first, which was my website or whatever, and and then like I moved on to Tumblr, and then I used Instagram. But uh, but it's definitely helped me because I think uh, 
a like it's free marketing right like you don't need to spend any money like anybody can search for anything and your your website or blog shows up and a lot of work that i i've gotten has been only because my work is out there on the internet and like one way is to obviously get work through word of mouth i guess but for, for me personally it's mostly been because of my website or like my instagram account so so i so feel you like you definitely uh, encourage young designers and people yeah. listening to put their work online yeah i, I feel like a lot of people are i don't know maybe shy to like share their work or like i've also seen that people are sometimes paranoid that their work might get stolen mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. the internet and these things are always going to happen like you are going to make bad work and that's okay or like your work might get ripped off and and it's fine like if it if it comes to it i feel like somebody who's ripped off your work is not going to be able to put the kind of nuance that you have because you thought about it in a certain way in a certain context and right. like whoever's ripping off your work has only done it superficially mm-hmm. and i'm like the reason i'm emphasizing on this is because i like i went to teach at my college last year and like this was a concern amongst many students mm-hmm. and yeah i feel like it's too early to start worrying about things like your work getting ripped off or you making bad work like making bad work is okay like Yeah I mean we all have uh, embarrassing uh, Instagram post uh, from 2 to 3 years back and sometimes you look at your work after a week or something you still feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Does that happen to you as well? Yeah, for sure. Like I yeah, that's something I'm like learning how to tackle myself. Like even now like if I work on a project and it's done, I've put it out. A few days later, I just hate that work. <laughs> and no like that so that's always going to be there right and and it's okay and what is it about comics that no other medium can communicate i feel like drawing in general is something all of us have done as kids right like on walls or different surfaces and things like that and again like all of us have enjoyed reading comics thinker amachitrakatha that we were talking right, about right. like the thing with comics is because they're so approachable and they're not intimidating like you can like you can make wordless comics you can so there's no language barrier you can do comics in different la- languages just keep an empty panel just replace the text in english hindi whatever language you want you can show things that you otherwise cannot show in photographs like intimacy or nuanced way of showing violence and th- like you can talk about tough topics in a very approachable way and the thing with comics as opposed to again film is it gives the reader enough time to take it in like take it in at their own pace mm. versus rushing them into oh this is what you should be doing and like you yeah, know it's it's like uh, the user gets a control of how they want to pace through the comics yeah and it's always like especially if you talk about again i'm talking about this from a point of view of impact because i've also been doing a lot of comics for ngos and like in the social sector and the thing is like you often work in areas where talking about sex or sex ed is like a taboo topic and people are not even ready to listen to you so like then how do you break in right true so especially cinema you can't do that yeah So yeah I think like comics definitely have that power. So from what I know you strongly believe that designers should meet more people outside of design world. 
hmm. right? And uh, that opens up your world to different perspectives on life. What are the things that you learned personally from other people who are non-designers? I know I can't like quantify what I've learned from other people, but I think what it's helped me the most with is develop a lens or like a perspective of looking at things in a way that it again adds value to what you're doing like i often feel like as designers we end up like even if you're at a if you're at a party or like in a social situation you always gravitate towards like your peers and like you end up talking about like the design scene in india and how bad it is and oh my god i can't believe this client won't buy this typeface or like you know or oh like have you seen that person's work and i know like somehow like i feel like as a community we are very inward looking yeah i mean we pat each other we appreciate each other we criticize each other yeah and uh, i mean even we meet each other we know everybody in the industry pretty much exactly we are a really small community and we are very inward looking like we have these design festivals and design awards and right. again it's all attended only by designers and it's very like again very design specific who's who's uh, if if it's a logo design award what is the best logo form and or you know like if it's a typeface like who's made the best typeface or like same with illustrations like how detailed is the illustration or how great it is or what surface uh, yeah like things like these which if you look at it from like a slightly removed like a distanced uh, or an objective point of view like it it's really meaningless like we were just patting ourselves on the back really uh you talk about any of these design awards and conferences with other people nobody knows about them and there's a reason why nobody knows about them like everybody knows about the nobel prize and there's a reason why people do that because it's actually making a difference in somebody's life so i feel like just talking to non designers helps you develop that perspective at least with me it's helped me not be delusional enough to think that visual design alone can change the world like i'm i'm not again like don't mistake me like i'm not being cynical to say that design doesn't do shit like of course it does but i think the perspective that it's helped me develop is that i can assist in impact but my work alone will never have impact right. like i've learned like we we keep talking about multidisciplinary work and things like that like i think that's what it's helped me develop like to learn how to talk to other people so both of us can get the best out of each other's work so do you wish to start your own studio in future someday no not at all why <laughs> oh my god it's too much like i can't <laughs> <laughs> i i received two internship applications actually recently oh. and i was like really do i look like somebody mature enough to be able to <laughs> No but I think uh again like I think running a design studio takes a different kind of a person and I don't think I I am that kind of person I just like again maybe I'm a little spoiled in saying that but I just want to not have too many strings attached like if you know you... what that's exactly what I feel too <laughs> because even I fear having a design studio someday Yeah like I I don't I don't know how Dave does it like you have to be accountable for so many people mm-hmm. you have to ensure that 
ensure not only your survival but like yeah survival of other people you have to pay every month to uh, your employees you have to figure out uh, the electricity bill the yeah renting a space and yeah i don't see myself like getting into all of that yeah ideally i'd like to just be able to travel enough and like work out of remote places that would be like the dream i think you also mentioned that you soon wish to start an online store of your artwork and merchandise how are those plans going <laughs> not very well at the moment <laughs> so are there But, any hurdles that you're facing yeah again um a bunch of things i've i've never been like a huge believer in like art prints and things like that but again that's probably because a lot of the a lot of the work that i've done in studios has mostly been digital and like now in my own independent like freelance work i'm doing a lot of print stuff but like often like when i post comics or when i post things on instagram like recently a lot of people have been asking me for like prints and they're like oh do you have a zine do you have like a compilation of your comics and i'm like okay maybe people want to read it so so that's why i've been thinking of uh, doing a shop with like maybe zines a few badges and things like that kritika thanks for being on the podcast it was amazing having you here and hope to have another conversation soon thank you for having me it was great talking to you thanks for listening to this podcast if you find conversations like this valuable and want to help me bring you more content like this There are many ways you can support this podcast. You can leave a review on the platform you're listening to this podcast on. You can tell a friend about it or you can also share this podcast on social media. You can also extend a financial support. To know more about that, visit designthisway.com. Please know that I really appreciate your support and uh, if you have any comments, feedback, suggestion, feel free to get in touch with me on social media or email. You can get my email and social media links uh, on my website www.kaval.co. In my next episode I have another interesting guest for you so see you soon.